Unturned is presented by Update AI. I don't feel like people should be talking to customers from day one. You have nothing to offer them. They ask you a hard question. You're just saying, oh, I'm learning. Here I am. Here's my name. And that's it. So I actually think you should wait. But I have no value to add from the beginning. I don't even know the process or the product. So no, if you haven't looked at these people's LinkedIn profile and you have not done an internal transition, there's no reason we should have 25 minutes of each person going around the room and reintroducing themselves because we at our company have a new contact. That's a pet peeve of mine. You were one of hundreds and hundreds of applicants, just a sea, a pile, if you imagine back in the day of resumes on someone's desk and no one even noticed you. I was on my computer all day, every day literally looking for jobs that I wanted to do and then finding a connection of a connection of a connection. I had to have like a glimpse of someone within my network that knew of another person in order for me to even be looked at. Welcome to this edition of the Unturned CS Insider Mashup, a roundtable discussion that goes deep into the recent trends in customer success. Introducing your hosts, Christy Feltarusso, John Johnson, Mickey Powell, and Josh Schachter. Is there another bumper? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey guys. Welcome um, back. If you didn't know, this is presented by Update AI. Yeah. yeah, FYI. Um I think Josh just dipped. Um just so left. we're gonna get started. No. Wait, can you hear me now? No. Not so can't. far away. That's You're right. so far away. We got he's on Mars. That's right. It, well, he's in Argentina, so it's he's further away. That's why oh, it takes Mars. longer for got the it. internet okay. to yeah. Yeah. get through the, the hamsters the, running on the wheels. Oh, we have a guest here, guys. Let's welcome her. Ah, Celia. Hi, how are you? You want to go hey ahead and there. introduce yourself? Happy to be here. Yeah, well, Josh brought uh, is you know has been kind of introducing us some, to some of the folks that he knows in the industry, and, and we're so thrilled to have you here. Um, why don't you give us just a quick uh, intro on, on who you are and, and what the rest of your day looks like? It's a pretty big day for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been a leader in the space for about 15 years, typically at startups, building and leading teams, companies like SuccessFactors, which was acquired by SAP and Glint that was acquired by LinkedIn. And today is actually my first day at a brand new company after a job search the last few months. I just started at Smart Recruiters and excited to wrap up day one here in the next few hours. That's so exciting. Wait, the highlight of your day can't be wrapping it up, Celia. So, (laughs) oh yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, it's okay. It's it's like riding a bike, so they say. So how's day one been? So day one is great. Onboarding is good. You know, what's funny is once you've worked at these startups for a long time, you realize it's all the same systems. So I'm back in Slack. I'm back in <laughs> Gmail. You know, it's all so familiar. You forget what it's like. You know, oh, let me disable those notifications again. I forgot mm-hmm. I get that at this place. So yeah, I've got everything set up in my computer, my phone. I feel like there's there's a positive start here. What's right. your what's the oh. theme that you chose on Slack? <laughs> do you have a do you have a go to theme? I don't. I do default. Am I really oh, okay. boring? Maybe, That's okay. I, I don't do know. Default you probably too, focus on better things. I'm all about facts and let me get in and learn. I don't even do a background picture on my computer. I probably shouldn't have done Hey, guys. Hey, I'm back. You can hear me now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Hey, I'm in. I'm back. I, I will not say much in this episode. Promise? So to all of our listeners, yeah, I promise <laughs> okay. you. But I've been listening to the first two minutes of this or the first minute of this program. And I just want to say that I am missed from this show because <laughs> – when John was 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 responsible for for getting things started, which John, you you, it was a valiant effort, but like, but but who is Celia? Because we have not even said her full name, so people on the show right now don't even know this woman Celia, like who who they're listening to. It was a basic John. 
<laughs> I don't know. You're just you're just not ready. I'm not for ready. The big time. Josh, is you're this not how ready you give for... feedback at work? Yes. Mickey, is yeah. this how he Super gives aggressive. feedback? Is this what this In feels public, like? Oh my yeah. god, we should talk about leadership styles because Josh, this seems like you need some coaching. It's all right. I, I knew this going into this. You're supposed to say something nice and then say something instructive and then say something nice again. Yeah, okay. we're supposed to get like a little Big Mac. Uh, all right. Celia, I'm I'm going to probably butcher this, so please correct me. It's Govia, correct? You can say Gouvet. Gouvet. Ooh, Gouvet. See, I'm not even close. See, that sounds uh, so much fancier. Gouvet I would buy a handbag with Gouvet on it. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't buy Govia. <laughs> sounds like Jovia. It's like a bank. Julia yeah. Gulia. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I thought too, Mick. Okay. Celia Gouvet. That's a great there we go. Thank you. That's gorgeous. Did I pass, Josh? Can we start the podcast now? Yeah, yeah. now we can start. Okay, great. Hey, Some... Mickey, do you want to, Mickey, because I'm not going to be doing much talking. Like, promise. Just, like I said, I promise. I promise. But, Mickey, can you tell everybody the story about how we met Celia? Yeah, actually, I was going to. It's a great story. This is, so... a, this is an okay story. No, I think it was great because, like, <laughs> I feel like I got to know you so fast because you were so authentically yourself. And that's why you're here today. So we were at a bar in San Francisco after Pulse, one of the, the days of Pulse. And Celia was there amongst a bunch of other people. And she started giving uh, another person that was there a ton of shit. She was just going Are you like, talking about Jeff K? Jeff K? Perhaps. I'm yeah. just saying, I may have heard two. this story through another channel. But let's go. <laughs> but it was great. And like Josh <laughs> was there. But they were like, they were very like East Coast bickering, which luckily, even though I'm West Coaster, I've, I've chatted with lots of people on the East Coast. And I knew it was like, they seemed like friends. Like they seemed like they knew each other because of how they were bickering and, and like giving each other shit and like having a good conversation. And that kind of like opened up the conversation. And then Josh realized that Celia knows and works for who Josh and I were going to go have dinner with in like an hour. So Josh being the like consummate relationship networker was like, you should just come to dinner with us. Even though like this person wasn't expecting you to show up. So she like came to dinner with us and we had a great time and chatted and we shared a, an Uber on the way there. And yeah, we've just stayed in touch because, you know, we want people that are uh, we like we like fiery, feisty, controversial, like a- attitudes. And you kind of fit right in, Celia. Well, that was a compliment, it, Celia. In case it, it didn't totally. sound or yeah. feel like one, I promise you it was. I got it now. No, uh, that's your side of the story. That's good to hear the way that <laughs> from there. I want to hear the other side. I've heard a different side. So there, There's been a few different sides, I think, floating around. I will say that I also mentioned I had been on the job hunt for a few months, and I think they felt bad for me. And we're like, you know what? We had someone who didn't show up. So if you're hungry and starving, you can come to dinner with us and we'll feed you. And <laughs> that's how our relationship started. So it was a write-off because it was a charitable dinner. Is that how Absolutely. that works, Josh? They were donating to the unemployed at the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, but you're. But like, can we can we go into the unemployed? So, Celia, there there are lots of people here in the world of CS, leaders and and ICs that are looking for new work. You've landed your your dream job that you're, you're just getting going this week. Um, but can you like tell us about like just what it was like out there in the wild, in in the brush these past few months? Like, give us the full lowdown, and we want to go. We don't want any like of the bullshit. Like, you know, just 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 can you know keep your chin up, blah, blah, blah. No, like tell us like how bad it was out there. Like someone like that, but maybe some of the highs too, like just really like the real stuff. Cause I think that is what people want to hear. Cause there's lots of folks listening to this that are in that same position. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would just say in the wild is the, the great first descriptor here. So most of us don't realize they'll ever be in this position of looking in this type of economy and market. So I've always been lucky to work with a similar network of people. I never had a resume in the last 10 years. I worked for the same CEO at two different companies uh, and then with within their network for other companies. So I was fortunate in the past. So when my last startup didn't work out, I thought, no big deal. I always have these recruiters in my inbox and LinkedIn. I'll just go and respond to them all and take a week off here and there. Maybe I'll go wine country and explore and I'll be back up and running in a few weeks. Well, it just was not the case. There are so many people, so many qualified candidates in the market, not only that are unemployed, but that are just looking for their next gig. And what I found was, even if I was overqualified for a position, so even if I was applying for something that I knew I could nail, it was the exact same industry. It was the position lower than what I'd done before. I knew people there. If you just blindly applied on a website or LinkedIn or name any platform, you were one of hundreds and hundreds of applicants, just a sea, a pile, if you imagine back in the day of resumes on someone's desk, and no one even noticed you. So I literally treated this like a full-time job. I get a little obsessive in anything I do. So I was not at, you know, out wine tasting and traveling and enjoying my time off. I was on my computer all day, every day, literally looking for jobs that I wanted to do and then finding a connection of a connection of a connection. I had to have like a glimpse of someone within my network that knew of another person in order for me to even be looked at. I mentioned I didn't have a resume for the last 10 years. LinkedIn profiles you'd think would be enough, but everyone says, oh, up, just send me your resume. And you think, my resume? I didn't even know people still use those. I thought that was like a business card, right? Because there are QR codes somewhere and you can just check out my information. <laughs> so I actually hired someone to write a cover letter and resume. She did an amazing job if anyone, anyone's looking um, for a really good price. And so I had to start by, she's like, well, what do you want in your resume? I, thought, I have no idea. Whatever's on my LinkedIn profile that they want to be in a resume, can't you just use that? Copy is she better than ChatGPT? I could have used ChatGPT at the time. This was kind of pre, this is a good, good uh, use case right here. It's pre the cusp of me diving in there. Maybe that would have worked. Wait, how many months were you on the bench? I mean, it was three and a half months. It wasn't that long. <laughs> oh, okay. It's an yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't fully at that point. I feel like that's when people were getting, ex I mean, people are excited about GPT and we're then, but I don't know if I would have seen about resume writing at that time, but I'm sure there's, it's even more advanced now. Uh, so when I hired someone, she's like, well, just send me the jobs you want and I'll put together a resume that allows it to just directly do that. So I thought easy enough. So I just, you know, put down the top three jobs I want. So she creates a resume for each one. So now every time you apply for a job, you're editing a cover letter, editing mm -hmm. a resume, but I would keep my LinkedIn profile the same because that was me. And that's what really what I all I think should be required. I don't think we should have cover letters on resumes in this 2023, but that's a whole nother subject for a different day. Um, and then I'd find someone in my network and they'd say, oh, just send me a quick intro blurb about you. So not your LinkedIn description, not what's on your cover letter and not what's on your resume, quick intro blurb that en encompasses it all. That's one to two sentences so I can send it to someone I know. Great. Okay. Let me rewrite this for the fourth time. So now I have an intro blurb for every single job I want to apply to, a cover letter, a resume, linking to my LinkedIn. And that might get me to talk to someone that might get me to the hiring manager talk to lots and lots of CEOs, all bright people, they would have a great chat and say, yeah, you, you'd be really experienced. I don't know if we're going to hire right now or maybe in the Oof. future. Maybe you could consult in the meantime. 
So lots of, let me get to know you. Let's kind of shoot the shit here and we'll get back to you someday. And there was so much of that until I finally got to a few out of the months. I got a few real, I would say, applications where I was actually talking, going through the process. And then the processes would take a month, a month and a half. We're talking meet with every single person, do a presentation, meet again, uh, go in person, even though you'll be working remote. So it was, it's been quite interesting. It sounds like that industry's broke AF. Yeah. Like that sounds awful. And I've been there and I hate it. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I'm surprised in this day and age, it was still this bad. I mean, I thought everyone always talks about that, you know, you auto, it automatically systems automatically scan the resumes and find the top applicants and put them to the top of the pile, so to speak, in the nope. old language. Yeah. And as then, long as you know, they're not a group that we don't want to hire. Cause yeah. Know, there is and then, bias you know, built into those systems, people. Yeah. Right. We, and then the references and then the presentations and then every single company had a different prompt for their final presentation yeah. round. And so you'd prepare that half the people, I didn't even know who would be on the call for the presentation. So who my audience was. So then I'd be asking questions, you know, who's my audience, the length of time I have, what's the expectations, preparing the prompt. It was, it was more than a full-time job. Man. Okay. So, so no more kvetching about this. What, what's the, what's the key takeaways for others going through this? Like, what did you learn through this process that can help others in the same boat? Yeah, absolutely. So one Kind of almost like you would say in a CS role, have all your documentation and ducks in a row, right? So have your resume, cover letter, cover letter updated, be able to easily know how to personalize them and edit them, know where you're storing them, make sure they match your LinkedIn profile, and then network, network, network. Take any call. I started to step outside of the box a lot. That's how I got introduced to many of you. I started to join more conferences out in the wild, um, was able to moderate some conferences, do more talking. So I just really took the exposure as let me get to know as many people as possible because I'm realizing this day and age, it's all about who you know. And if you yeah. don't know the right person at the right time, you're not getting to the top of the pile. So network is the top key here. And that doesn't just mean on LinkedIn. I'm talking in person as well. Yeah, we have a few roles open and uh, we had one, I have 1,300 applications for one role. And when you like, when you start saying like, "Hey, let's let the algorithm work," and it's like, I mean, that's not like, give me one in this. Like, we've gotten through ten interviews, you know, out of this whole thing, and it's Unreal. like you can't even. You just start, right? It's like, how do you know that you have the needle in the haystack? I, um, I'm so glad that you found the role, and I'm so glad that you're kind of leading into this into this career. But um, there's got to be a way to fix it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm somebody. passionate about this space. So not only am I passionate about CS, I've been in HR tech. So yeah. I've been in the recruiting space, and I'm excited to go back in there, hopefully fix some of this for people going forward. It's a coincidence that I had to struggle through to get back to a product that hopefully can help with this. I've been there. So many people listening have been there. So if you're out in the job networking right now, like what, like for the average CSM, like, is it joining like webinars? Like, cause you know, going in person is great, but like if, if you're in between jobs, maybe you can't afford a plane yeah. ticket to a conference. Yeah, absolutely. That's another really good point, right? Because you're, you're, I always said I was self-funded at these conferences. <laughs> you don't have a company sponsoring you. Hence, I think why I got the free dinner when we, <laughs> Josh, maybe you should just start hosting events for people club. to attend for free. <laughs> Feeding us, you know. Uh, so basically, yeah, it's a great idea. You could do that too, Kristen. <laughs> I can't. Nobody wants to come out to Long Island. It's not safe out here. Actually, that's a lie. It's summertime. Everyone wants to come out to the island. That's true. That's true. It's a hot spot, right? Um, yeah. I mean, for me, just honestly, follow the follow the people that you think are the most connected. I mean, 
follow the influencers on LinkedIn. It sounds cliche, the influencers, right? But follow the people that are the most connected, that are hosting the boot camps and the webinars and the office hours and join as many of those virtual as you can. Join any Slack channels out there. There's so many free resources in this community and just taking advantage of them all, not just kind of spraying and praying and applying and hoping that someday someone recognizes you because that just doesn't work in this day and age. What influencers do you follow the most, Celia? Well, Christy's obviously one of them. Am I supposed to That's say you, bait. you don't take Josh's bait, Celia. You're not going to say that. <laughs> he's, I was going to say, he's going to expect you to just rattle off the names of the folks in this podcast. Well, I wasn't. Um, I purposely was saying Christy and John. I don't know if Mickey and Josh are at that level yet, but maybe. No. Not yet. Yeah, yeah. They aspire to be one day though. Yes. Yeah. Just watch. One They're going to make it. So I got to ask a question. So I want to move off of like the doom and gloom of the job search and move to something a bit more positive. I want to hear something because I get a lot of questions about this. Is there an onboarding program for you in your organization? So now that you've joined, how are you being onboarded into your company? Yeah. So four hours in, absolutely. Yes. And so, you know, checklist. <laughs> checked of all those boxes. <laughs> everything, right? I'm already almost onboarded pretty much here. No, checklist of everything from, I think it's so important. I've built these in the past too, regardless of the role, what systems you need, what channels you need to be part of, what emails should you be on, what calendar invites you should be joining, any glossary of terms, product training, regardless of the role. I'm huge on onboarding and I don't like inefficiencies in anything, whether it be work or personal life. So I have no time to be sitting there figuring out where do I go next or having someone on my team, you know, trying to find some information that's hidden four layers deep in a Google Doc somewhere. It's be one document that has all of the onboarding ready to go. And do you feel like it's comprehensive enough that you're going to learn everything you need to through what's been designed? Is it just a checklist? Are you meeting with people? Like, give me, give me some more details. Cause I get people ask me all the time, like, Christy, how do I have to design this? How thorough does it need to be? What level of depth? And I feel like for leaders, there's almost never a leadership onboarding program. And at best, maybe there is a mediocre one for individual contributors. So that's why I'm just interested in hearing what you, what you have available. Yeah. So it's obviously, I think a mix of things is what I have and what I've typically seen in the past. What I typically see for leaders is you just take the CSM one to start and you go, okay, this has most of the information on who to meet with, who to get to know, where the resources are, what are the key documents, templates, et cetera. And then people just add another section on for leaders. And so then you start to add on, okay, now as a leader, who should you meet with? So I have a lot of one-on-ones to get to know different people and meet them, which I actually enjoy. Um, and that goes all the way up throughout the organization, meeting with everyone uh, through the CEO to the different leaders, executives. And then for the um, team that will be reporting to me and I'll be working alongside with, I'm going to be joining all the team meetings, shadowing the one-on-ones. So I'm transitioning into a role that already exists, which mm-hmm. I think is a different onboarding plan than when it's a brand new role, which is what I'm used to coming in and establishing the full function. And so there's usually nothing to start with. So they are varied, but yeah, combo of meeting with people, doing on your own, self-learning, um, as well as knowing where you should be on day one, you know, week one, week two, et cetera, and having checkpoints and milestones are, for me, keys. When What's, do you uh, get to talk to the customers? No, John, it's my turn. <laughs> when are you going to talk to your customers? I don't feel like people should be talking to customers from day one. You have nothing to offer them. They ask you a hard question. You're just saying, oh, I'm learning. Here I am. Here's my name. And that's it. So I actually think you should wait. Um, I'll probably have in a few weeks, I'll start talking to customers. I'll shadow calls that are important, you know, whether it be mm. business reviews or things of that nature with the largest customers. But I have no value to add from the beginning. I don't even know the process or the product. So what am I going to do in, in, you know, helping out rather than listening in? And I'm just another person here listening. I could be 
you know, Joe Schmo off the street here. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what we've talked about before, where it's like, it it puts a lot of work on the customer to say like, now I got to go teach this new person what I do at my company. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that shouldn't be part of the onboarding. I love, I love And that's the worst also when you do get on the customer call and they say, okay, everyone on the customer side now, please reintroduce yourself and tell (sighs) us about your business. It's like, no, if you haven't looked at these people's LinkedIn profile and you have not done an internal transition, there's no reason we should have 25 minutes of each person going around the room and reintroducing themselves because we at our company have a new contact. Contact, that's a pet peeve of mine. Mm, quote of the day. That's the bumper. That's how you enter those this this episode, Josh. Um, what's your like? I know I know you got a few minutes here before you got to jump to your actual job. Um, so thank you so much for taking the time out of the day. Like, what do you consider success in your first thirty days? Like, what's the thing that you really want want for your own personal benefit and for what your boss is looking to to check those boxes as well? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's establishing trust throughout the organization. So creating relationships, understanding who to go to for what. But then really understanding the metrics and how I'm going to drive against them. I mean, I'm a very much measurable person. So first, I need to understand what they are um, and then figure out if I need to tweak them. And then how am I going to measure success against them and make sure my team's set up for them as well? That's awesome. That's good. I don't need any people to trust me. <laughs> Nobody need... trusts you, Mickey. No. Apparently me either because I go to dinner with strangers on the first day I meet them. So. That's right. Celia, before you leave, last question. What's one thing that you want them to know about you that they don't already know? Like, give us a fun fact. Give your, give your colleagues here that haven't you even, you haven't even met yet. Give them a fun fact about you. I'm not prepared for that one. Let's see. Uh, fun fact about me. So I am very direct in that I'm an East coaster at heart, but I spent the last 15 years in San Francisco. So I feel like I softened out a bit and now I've moved back to Florida and I'm embracing my uh, authentic self again. So I uh, really don't like things that are inefficient or done multiple times or reinventing the wheel. I'm a stickler for process when it's required, but not for the sake of it, as well as, you know, everyone understanding where they stand at all times. Celia, give us something fun. Give us something that connects us to you emotionally. Tell us how amazing you are, because I know that there's more fun (laughs) things about you than process. This is true. Um, So I absolutely love wine tasting. I love my Peloton. And if I were to eat one food for the rest of my life, it would be bacon. Oh, bacon! Okay. It'd be a short life, but I'm here for that. Interesting. <laughs> bacon, I mean, I would do grilled cheese. I feel like that's setting me up for life. It balances life. out. It balances it, out. How many uh, rides have you done on your Peloton? Oh, I've done hundreds, but it's been in a box for a while now, <gasps> so I, I need to get back on there. Oh, that would be the first thing I would unbox. I, mean, I, I know. Like Peloton, I know. But I'm going to take it in my room this time for more accountability. <laughs> Well, I, I suggest that we have you back in like 90 days and we do uh, just – no, I mean I want to hear the cool thing to, to do a little health check, um, what the key learnings are. I think that's something that our listeners would be really interested in, yeah, especially since it it's your first day. Yeah, so just get it on the calendar. I'll send you my that, calendar that, link that check in, um, and we can schedule that this. check-in call. Yeah. Can you bring your executive too? Thank you so much, um, Celia. Um, we all. appreciate your time so much. Thanks for joining. You. Hopefully we didn't scare you away and you'll come back. <laughs> Bye, See ya. Bye. Good luck. Okay. Hey guys. So we scared away our first guest. I know. That's, right. That's amazing. That's right. Success. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're doing what we do. So yeah. Um, all right. So where are we starting today, guys? Or yeah. how are we starting? Are we breaking down a CS Insider report, or do we not do that anymore? We kind of do that. Uh, Mickey, uh, Josh actually posted a, a comment uh, in here from Chad, um, who, by the way, I've I've actually been a recent follower of Chad's and I've, I've really enjoyed some of his content. Chad um, Horenfelt from Meta, um, which is... Formerly 
formerly of Meta. Customer. Yeah. Oh, wait. Formally? He, yeah, he's not at Meta any <sighs> longer. Oh, no. Yeah, sadly, he was part of the rifts that Damn they it. did um, not that long ago. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. I'm sorry to hear that, Chad. Um, we love I you. I only say that because anybody who knows Chad, if, if you know anybody who's hiring, Chad is just awesome. Yeah. And if I ever had a role, I would absolutely scoop him. So if you're listening and you're hiring for a leader, um, Chad is fantastic. Go check him out. Yeah. Did someone say ChatGPT for customer success for free? Update.ai has you covered. CSMs get automated summaries of every customer call. That's real time savings that adds up. There's no bot, and Update even works alongside other tools like Gong. Sign up today at www.update.ai. That's update.ai. But this post is very focused on what he's doing with Bard. Um, Mickey, I think you should uh, you should take the lead on this. Have you read the, read through this? We can talk about something else while you read through mm-hmm. it. But uh, you know, no, 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 just no, actually, throw I, in. I did read through it. But why are you laughing, Josh? Because once again, when I go on view. You, you guys are lost without me. You're lost at sea here. That's what uh, you think. We're just having fun. Yeah. <laughs> People love John and Christy. Josh, we're Nobody just Nobody likes here Bard, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> and we're back, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Bard. Wait, I didn't even know Bard. that people were using it. This is like, what is that new Instagram, Twitter, Threads? Threads. Ooh. I, I signed up for threads the moment that it came out and I sent a group chat, uh, group text to the group. And Christy said, what, <laughs> what is that? And I explained it to her and she said, what? <laughs> yeah. Just What's no, zero no understanding. Interest. Zero interest. Whatsoever. I don't need more social media. I want I'm still already, trying to yeah. figure out how to scroll through TikTok effectively and like have it learn my algorithm. Have it learn. Learn me, please. Learn me, please. No, Anyways. My home, my home is bad. Okay, so listen, Josh is so upset with us. I could tell by his sad, mad eyes. Josh, go ahead and rein us so, in. So, no, he wants us to go down this this path with Bard. And so, um, Mickey, since you are a chat GPT expert, what are your thoughts on Bard? We'll start there. Yeah, so I think Chad makes the – he makes the argument that because it's connected to the internet, like real-time information, things like that. And I think that's a totally valid argument. Uh, that's going to get completely innovated away. Like if you were mm-hmm. to use Bing, it's the same thing. And what I am excited about is Google. There's rumblings. They've they they are working on like a big project that there's rumblings it might be better than GPT four because let's not forget Google has had some of the best minds for years. So they had kind of like split off their AlphaGo team, like DeepMind team, right? But they've actually folded them back into the company to work on this. So I'm kind of of the opinion that if they do execute in the way that they might, because they just they're so much bigger than OpenAI, that Bard might actually jump GPT four and kind of continue this arms race. So right now, the being connected to the internet part isn't that that big of a deal because if you really need that, you can go use Bing in creative mode, which is just ChatGPT under the hood, GPT four under the hood. Um, but I still use ChatGPT day in and day out um, for all sorts of different things. And I don't really need it to be connected to the internet because of the type of work I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. What, I've one thing. Side by sides, though. And John, maybe you have too. Like, I've actually gone in and done the same prompts in ChatGPT and in Bard. This is when it first came out, just to see. And maybe it's gotten smarter and better in the couple of weeks since I've entertained it but i didn't love the results that came back i didn't think that they were as thorough it didn't didn't read as well so if you were looking for copy i didn't think that it was it was written well and delivered properly i didn't like the engagement in the back and forth on the repeated prompts so i don't know like 
again, I haven't used it now in weeks. I was entertaining it while it launched and didn't go back because of the poor results, in my opinion. Has it gotten better? Not not significantly from what I've heard, but that's actually, that is a more of a limitation of just like where the underlying model is at right now. Right. But again, like that might be a totally different story six months from now. Yeah. What I love, what I do love about this, and I'm going to give Chad a little plus one here, um, is I I really like the framework that he's using. So company customers and challenges. And I think this is something that's very intelligent um, to what just CS in general needs. Um, These are questions that, you know, we talked about this kind of on the, our chat to BT webinars that we've done Mickey in the past. It's like, what does this, what does this company do and how do they, they make money? Um, Celia was just saying, like, if you are a new leader coming in to manage a, a you know, a subset of, of customers, if you're not, if you're waiting for the customer to teach you this, then you're already behind, right? So we have these tools now to kind of self-educate ourselves. And that's what I really love about this kind of model is it really helps you understand like the parent company, how they make money, um, and then what types of customers are buying that product, and then what are the challenges that they're facing. That's all we used to have to dig through 10 different sites, you know, read uh quarterly reports and then follow the CEO on LinkedIn and all this kind of stuff, right? But now we have a single place to educate ourselves and, and it allows us as CSMs and, and leaders to to really educate ourselves in a way. And I think aside from the tool barred over chat GPT, I don't necessarily agree. Um, I, like I said, similar to you, it, you know, we're measuring things in weeks now instead of years, but a few weeks ago, I wasn't really that stoked on Bard, but maybe it's just because I, my first, first love was chat GPT and it's hard for me to, you know, kind of adopt away from that. But, uh, um, I'm really, I really love the the guidance that he's giving here. Aside from the tool that he's recommending, and I think this is a place that all uh, all CSM should start when they're taking on a new book of business. Yeah, I mean, I I've long since known that like the more guidance you give to these tools in terms of like a framework, like a way of approaching a task or a project, the better outputs you get. So you, if you don't know those yourself, then you have to go find them or you have to rely on these tools to give them to you. So Chad gave us a great framework. Hey, you need to know these three things. Yep. Bar ChatGPT just happened to be a much better tool at getting to the answer of those three things faster than a human. Yep. But you still obviously need to, to validate the output. Yeah. Well, this this actually kind of gets to like, I've been talking about this a lot is like, I think the measurement is more important than the method. Like, um, I think I, I love this idea of like giving generalized, you know, giving ideas on how you, you kind of come to conclusions. Um, and I think we kind of say it's like the only solution is this tool or X tool or Y or tool or whatever it is. But in reality, it's like, here's the practice, apply it with whatever tool that you have available to you, right? You shouldn't have to buy something in order to be successful. Obviously, that leads to more success, you know, as we know in, in our industry. But you can you can impl- implement some of these tools and practices in place. I'm sorry, some of these measurements in place prior to you having access to every single tool in the market. Yeah, I'd say it's, it's usually better to do that. Like, you know, Christy, you probably implement, you probably implement like processes, you, things like before you go and find I a I do tool. all kinds of things, Mickey. I'm so busy just doing the things. What am I implementing, my friend? No, no, I'm saying like, if you're like, hey, we need to fix this thing, your gut reaction is probably not like, let's go buy a my tool. My gut reaction is, is it free? If it's free, it's for me. I don't have any money. If it's free, it's for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't day. have any money. So the reality of it is, I don't think that you need half the tools and technology that we use, to be very yeah. honest with you. I have done more with Excel or even hacked together things in Google Sheets and have been wildly successful in doing so. Is it manual? Is it taking me more time? Absolutely. Is it, is it as pretty? Is it as fancy? Is it automated? No. Is it effective? Sure. 
So I'm, I'm not bought into the, like, we need to buy every cool tool out there. Um, yep. and I, and I work for a SaaS company, right? So like, yes, we sell a product also. So I'm not discouraging people from purchasing my product or any of our products, but the reality of it is I don't think that we need technology all the time to solve everything. I'm more inclined to go test it, figure something out. And if I need the technology to optimize it, fine, I will. This podcast brought to you by Update AI. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, hey, hey, Mickey, Mickey, can you please go remove Christie's yeah. uh, account from Update? Oh, no, no, no. no, no but... Actually, okay. So, so, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Can I oh, actually, she's... can I do a soft plug on, on Update for a second? I don't, I don't like extra tools. I don't like anything else I have to access. I will say Update AI has literally saved me hours and that I am not being paid to say this. I made everyone on my team download it. And every time I have a customer meeting, I plug it there as well. I not only tell them that that is what I'm using to capture my notes, I send them the summary. And because they're in the meeting invite, they're getting it automatically. I no longer have to worry about taking notes during my meeting. It automatically happens. And I copy the summary from the link and drop it right into my engagements and client success. Every single thing is there, including the video. So I, I, please don't take it. (laughs) <laughs> well, no, but you actually make a really good point. And, and I feel like there's something that we can go deeper into maybe on another episode. But, you know, sometimes the like the not like we need to do things that are not scalable to your point. Like I don't need a tool to replace my dashboards that I built in Excel. Like they work because it's solving a problem, right? I know. Um, and I think if that's everyone's first inclination, I'll tell you, like I speak to CS leaders literally every day. It's part of my job. And I feel like sometimes I'm speaking to folks and it is a, a cart before the horse situation, right? Like, and yes, I'm so happy that they they bought our product and I'm so happy to have them as customers. I don't always think that they were ready. I think yeah. the purchase is sometimes a little premature because they think that buying technology is what they should be doing when in reality, designing their strategy is what they should be focusing their time on and then figuring out, do I need technology to optimize it, to scale it, to take it to the next level? But Gosh. oftentimes I feel like I've got folks in front of me who are purchasing technology and I'm glad that they did, but it's going to take us longer to be successful. And so I, obviously my concern isn't, I don't want them to be customers. I just want them to be successful. And sometimes without that strategy, I fear that we might not get there quick enough. Christy, I I, I love that you're thinking through that. Were you going to make a joke, Josh? I was just going to say, I hate premature too, Christy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm going to go now. Yeah. So that's, uh, (laughs) so, uh, (laughs) thanks Josh. I appreciate your input. <laughs> is it is it easier to just spend money on tooling than stop and thinking about the strategy? Well, yeah, Wait, because what? then you have something to blame, right? Like if you implement oh, a tool, that's my favorite. If you implement no, no, no. a tool and six months you don't have a success, like oh, we can, need a new tool. Wait, and you've can you never can we stop for a second? Can we talk about this? Because it's my favorite. It's my favorite leadership move of all time. When a leader isn't successful because they failed to do their job and then they blame it on the software and they go buy another software and then that software fails too because it didn't do its job and they go on to the third one and somehow the leader is still there, but the technology isn't anymore and I'm always baffled. So we can talk about that for a minute. No, I mean, that's, that is. Why do I always end up hating on leaders? Well, but this is like, this also gets like to like this thing that I do. Like I, I wish that more people understood that it's the strategy is more important than, than like the tool that you use. And the, the tool is we, everything is a sales motion. Every single email that you get, every note, you know, like you might as well just like start emailing to your newsletter list, your LinkedIn posts, right? Cause it's like, everything is a funnel to get people to buy something from you. And it's like, that's, that has become this industry that we're in where it's everything is a purchasable moment. And it's like, that's, it's completely devalued the need to actually like think through what I want to accomplish. Yeah. It's sad. 
Josh is telling us to stop talking in the chat. <laughs> no, 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 no. He wanted us to stop talking if we didn't have anything intelligent or witty to say. And then I came in and saved the day. So that's As what usual. happened there. So just, I just want to make sure that I'm getting the full credit for that. Um, or else he would have told us to just wrap it up. Yeah. My favorite, I, I really think those are the best way to end our, end our podcast is Josh is like, okay, guys, we're done. And then he hangs up the call. <laughs> I think it's sad. Nobody likes that. We get a lot of feedback that no one likes the way that Josh ends our podcast. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Nobody's ever said that. <laughs> it was on, no, it de- was on definitely threads. Not, definitely have not. It was, no, oh. it was all the users on threads talking about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. there's a lot of people on threads. I there's just saw, I literally, yeah, I just saw days. something. That's crazy. Why yeah. is everyone doing that? They because, won't be there for long. No, because Twitter broke. Fundamental like value of what Twitter was, which is like the free sharing of ideas and information, broke. That was the that was the mission of it altogether, and it got completely stripped away. And people said, "Well, I haven't been using this. I'm annoyed by this." And then all of a sudden, there's a fresh baked Big Mac in front of them, and they're going to start eating that Big Mac, right? And it's going to be something else. Like it's it's not going to be another Clubhouse because it's tied to Instagram. Oh and my god, a- Clubhouse was horrible. Does anyone, like RIP? Does anyone even remember that? There was like a 33-month period where that was all I wanted to do. See, that's the thing. is like I never got onto that because I knew it wouldn't be successful. So I'm kind of sitting on here on threads. So, John, since you're over on threads, what's happening there? Tell us about it. Uh, well, there's no hashtags or algorithms at this point. It's only indexed by, by what is – no, Mickey, you say that. But I want to – this is my biggest, biggest fucking pet peeve with LinkedIn is like – I want to see what I who I follow. Oh, like, I want to see what people are saying. Don't get us started on LinkedIn's algorithm. Can we make but, that a whole other topic? Because I, I'm sad. I don't feel good. It makes me nauseous. All right, continue with your threads. So, but that's the thing is like you get what you're po- in. It is it is in real time. It is what's the word when it's in order? <laughs> what can't sequential. That sequential. That's not the <laughs> I was right like, word. Wait, I don't know. Size um, order, height, alphabetical. What do you got? Yeah, but like you posted oh, at ten. Yes. The next person posted at ten oh one, and like you get it in order, and you can actually just scroll through your feed, like like you normally could when Instagram first came out, when it was like, oh my gosh, there's a filter on this, and it wasn't, you know, this whatever it is today. Um, and it, you know, I I just like the 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 freshness of of not indexing by hashtag or not indexing by engagement metrics. I'm sure that's going to change. I'm sure they're going to introduce some sort of algorithm in it. They're going to already do ads. Like they're already talking about that. But today it is this kind of like, it reminds me of MySpace top eight. Like I followed Tom on threads as I follow him on every social media as I can. Um, But like, it just kind of has that feeling and I know it's going to change. It's going to go away. Like, like TikTok was new and now it just pisses me off because like, I can't not scroll and I have problems with, um, you know, self-control. So that's a me problem. So maybe it was built for me, you know, for the type of person that I am. So you talk about people in the CS world sending out mass emails (laughs) with links to their LinkedIn articles from the past week because the algorithm has suppressed their Wait, is that literally what's happening? It happened. You didn't get his email? I got his email. Wait, maybe I just haven't checked my email. Okay. I'll... I will look after it's this. In, it's in yeah, the spam no, this, folder. That's a, that's a bold move. I, so as somebody who, you know, Chris, I don't know for our listeners, but both Christy and I are kind of in the process of building out what we would consider like newsletters and, and some, some of our own personal content that, you know, just to like find if you want to hear what we're talking about, you have a way to do that. Um, and there are some folks in the industry that are are using similar methods to just say, hey, I posted this on LinkedIn and I'm afraid that you're not going to see this. So here's a newsletter of me. And, and it, it just feels a little it was it, I, it, it was shocking when you sent that email, Josh, because like that's a 
that's like that's not even bringing in secondary value, right? One of the things that I love about CS Insider is that there is content and there is context and there's there's a perspective. And we do these things because we want to kind of add some clarity, but it's just straight up, here's my five links, click on this so that the algorithm kicks me up, you know, a notch. Um, it's not necessarily the model that I would, I would follow if I was anybody who listens to this podcast. <laughs> I didn't think about doing that. I mean, now that I think about it, I don't think it's the worst idea. I mean, I wouldn't do it because I don't think it's a good strategy because I don't think people would like it, but I could see why somebody might go that route. But it does suck because LinkedIn controls all of our contacts. It does. They have got, we're at their mercy, unfortunately. So we've got to figure out a way to take back our content and take back our networks. Yep. So I need Mickey to go and figure out how do I export all of my contacts out of LinkedIn and get their email addresses? I'm sure there's a bot for that, but it'll get you banned. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I'm going to leave, but I'm going to leave with all my contacts. LinkedIn, you know, Christy, a year ago, LinkedIn, when you exported your contacts, it gave you the email addresses. It doesn't a year ago, it did? Yep. And now it does not. Yeah, because they realize that that's how you own your customers. But that's, again, that's why we're making these decisions to say like- Can I pay for it? <laughs> I mean, I already pay for premium and that's not cheap. Hmm. No, hmm. I actually just downloaded my archive of data just to kind of see what's in there. And it, yeah. Nothing, nothing good? Yeah, there's some good stuff. Like you can download all your like comments. You can download your oh, contacts. Good. I don't want to see what I've said to other people. That's boring. I was I was throwing it into ChatGPT to see like if I could learn something about myself. Oh, you're interesting. I just want my contacts information. I just want the email addresses. That would be swell. Okay. Yeah, well, no. no, I can't have that. Nope. No gifts for Christy. Yeah, we are well, done, I think we're done, Josh. Josh has just sent the second we can wrap up at any moment um, <sighs> message. This is brutal. I love Josh. I love grumpy grandpa in the corner telling us <laughs> when to spice it up <laughs> I, a little bit. I'm not, I'm not doing much talking during this episode. We don't know how to introduce I, guests. and I, I just want no, to say one thing, That wasn't a we thing, thing John. John. That was a you <laughs> thing. I'm not taking credit for your mishap. Okay, like, listen, we're not all going down together. That's not the way this works. I am Rose. I'm going to sleep on the door. You're going to die like Jack, okay? Yep, absolutely. We all have different value that we bring to this podcast, right? My value is not the insight of a customer <laughs> success leader. We know that. My value, yes, we know that. My value is being the steward of our listeners. So I want to make sure oh, our listeners know Celia's last name. What? I want to make sure our <laughs> listeners. You're embarrassing me. I'm so no, sorry. You know, like I want to make sure that our listeners don't have to listen to a 50 minute podcast because we went on and on too long. They want a 25 minute podcast. Listen, people listen to That's Joe it. Rogan for four hours, five hours, six, seven hours. So I think they can listen to us for 40 minutes. What you do in your spare time is your own business, Christy. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's you know amazing. What? I'm gonna go. I don't even need somebody to wrap this up. I'm leaving. I don't need to be asked to leave. <laughs> we need like a sound effect of Christy slamming the door. Just slamming a door. Yep. <laughs> Someone go tee that up no, for next week. But really, I love you guys. On. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey guys, it's Josh. Don't hang up. If you enjoyed this episode, you know what? Even if you didn't, I'd love for you to give us a rating in iTunes or Spotify. And after you do, email me at josh at update.ai with the name of your favorite charity. And my company, Update AI, will make a donation on your behalf. I'd love to connect with each of our listeners. Send me a LinkedIn request and I'll accept it immediately. Just go to www.update.ai slash LinkedIn and it'll redirect to my profile. Thanks.